You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 102 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary. And we're talking about plugins. No, not plugins. We're talking about, yeah, no. Extension. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I lost. That's not what this episode's about, though. So we should back up no, a little bit. No, it's not. This episode is actually a really awesome one. Our guest today is going to be Natasha Nichols, and she's the director of the We Sow, We Grow project, which is a very cool nonprofit that I've watched during its entire growth. And we'll get to that interview, which is a great one. But before that, we were talking all about the many tabs that are in my Chrome, which then led to talking about a Chrome extension, this sounds so which then led to talking about <laughs> data privacy. Don't you know? I know. I, I always know. bring a fun new tool and Jamie always shuts it down. I shut it down. <laughs> I feel terrible. So what we were You're talking like about. collecting your data. Yeah. So we were talking about these really cool, like um, I have a million tabs open and that actually gives me a heart attack. And Mary's like, no, I have the tool for you. And so she gave me the name of a Chrome extension that could like fix that problem. And then when I looked at it, I'm like, they're just collecting and selling your data. And we were all. And wah, at, wah. at first I was like, yeah, but how is that different than any? it was the collecting data that I knew? I was like, how is that different than anyone else? Google collects all your data all day long. True. But it's the. The selling. Yeah. The shady yeah. part of then selling your data, which is not allowed. No, that stinks. So many companies yes. do that. So I'll say this. The next time you find that incredibly handy Chrome extension or plugin, you're like, this <laughs> is amazing. Why is it free? It's probably because they're selling your data. <laughs> Right. It's yeah. great to be friends with Jamie. I'm like, Jamie, yeah. I found this cool new thing. Just use this. Okay, let me go look at their privacy, privacy policy. policy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, you do that. And then I just say, okay, report back. And if it's not good, yes. you know, find me something else that does a similar I thing. I am actually going to look for something else because the idea of collapsing all the tabs into this one little list that you can sort of have like sitting is a beautiful yeah. idea. But I realize as I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, man, they're just capturing all the stuff that you're looking at and doing and they're aggregating that and selling it because that's so valuable. Like what, what consumers look at on the web, how long, why they're looking at it, what they're clicking on. That's 
that's literally how people make money. Lots and lots and lots of money. But I, it's sad though, because I feel like I've already given up because I'm like, yeah, people do that all the time already. Like I know. I know when I go in and like buy something or I go on like, I mean, you even see it, you visit a website and then you get ads from them for like weeks, you know, like, or how about when you talk about something? How about when you talk about something and that shows up, you're like, what the? Oh, there was, I listened to a really interesting podcast episode, actually. Um, the reply all podcast. Oh, they had a really interesting episode about like, are some of these companies, I think that episode was specifically about is Facebook, like listening to your phone or yeah. some, like listening to your conversations or something like that. What was the and conclusion? so they did this whole in-depth thing. Um, the conclusion was that they're not listening. However, they have such sophisticated algorithms and like data things that they strategically also pick up like what your friends are interested in and who you're connected with and all of that. It could seem like that to you, but it's just super sophisticated in, in terms of like AI. search, like when you, yeah, like, and you're like talking to other people and then you both pick up your phone and go searching something, you know, all of that is like yeah, connected. So yeah, it was, it was really interesting. But for me, I'm just like, okay, yeah, what, like, what's the difference? Yeah. I, mean, I think I said to you like five times, like, yeah. but they're already collecting my data. I don't. <laughs> all the data has been collected already. Yes. No, I, I hear that. I do hear that a lot. I um I guess but I'm right. fine if someone just sort of tells me like, yeah, I, yeah, this is free because we're aggregating data and we're selling it. I'm like, all right, I can, right. I respect your honesty. And so I can then make an educated decision. But then when I start looking right. and I see the flags, like I can tell now from the amount of privacy policies right. and the way things work and having enough clients that have that are tech companies like I, I know where yes where the data tracks and I can tell almost immediately now when a website right. feels shady and it's just really the lack of transparency that I don't like yeah. I frankly no, get true. it like when you offer a free service I understand you can't just do it for it's the goodness of your heart you got to make money right. and I right. I respect that it's much like content creators right like they're creating all this amazing content you're getting it for free so them monetizing right. through ads or affiliate links or something sponsored content I'm fine with that because totally I benefit from that free amazing free information um but I know it because they've disclosed it <laughs> Right. I don't know right. why there's shame no, around, you know, I don't know why there has to be shame around like, yeah, I make money. I'm, I need money. Right. No, <laughs> My mortgage is not free. No. <laughs> right. My kids need yeah, to go to camp. Work. Yeah. So, like putting it together. Like, yes, get paid. Yeah. And I'm fine if someone else pays you instead of yeah, me paying you exactly. and I get to use this cool free tool. Yeah. But yeah, it shouldn't be so shady. And Agreed. then it's like, do you want to support you know, quote, unquote, that I'll quote, unquote, the business, you know, the word businesses, then since it's like, right. are you operating like a fully functioning official business? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> or are you being shady? And well, it's the same thing with all those like, outside. funny little apps, right? Like that people love to download that right. are free that do like goofy things. They're collecting all your right. data. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, take like the facial, all the facial oh, recognition God. stuff it's now. Just, don't do that. Don't do that. It's not yeah. good. Yeah. So yeah. I try. And you got to watch with kids too. Oh, you know? I know. Kids love that. I know. My TikTok. girls love that. Oh my gosh. Oh. I'm not on that. that. One I haven't, no, I haven't even like seen it, but I've heard about it. I saw a couple but, of girls in the park over the weekend because it was really beautiful here over the weekend and I, oh, they were so doing nice. like a coordinated dance and I was like, there's TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> 
there it is. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. That, I don't understand yeah. it. I'm too old to understand it now. Right. That's what I it know. comes down to. But it's scary. We're going to have to, you know, force ourselves to learn some of these things as our kids get older. That's why I pay attention. It really right. is. Like my, right. my older son has started messaging yeah. with his friends. They've been video chatting. Oh. And I'm like, what? The-? Really? Yeah. Third grade. Uh, yeah. Video chatting. Tell me things like that. It's crazy. He's like, um, I have to have a group video chat with so-and-so. And I was like, what? Um, A group video chat? Oh, yeah. There's a whole bunch of them on the video chat. Third grade. <laughs> it's like a conference call. Yeah, kind of. And they're talking about nothing. They're just taking pictures of each other and like being like, you're weird. No, you're weird. No, you're weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's really funny. It's cute. Oh, it's cute. That's funny, but still, it's, yeah. But I also don't want him tethered to the device, right? Like he obviously doesn't, he does not have a phone. I shouldn't say obviously there are kids who have phones. Right. He doesn't have a phone. Um, He has an iPad, but it is like, he doesn't get to keep it around. It's in a public place. So he has to ask permission. Plus I get like a little ding on my phone if... Oh, if things are being used. Um, so he has to ask. <laughs> but, you know, I I don't I don't want him to be like, I don't need to check to see if so and so messaged me. Like, I don't want that to start. Oh, yeah. No. So the, all the psychological aspects of like, yep. and like the addiction and like all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like, it's very yeah. real, even for us. Yep. You know, yeah. it's like, so we've been want really you to stay on longer and use it longer. And yeah, we've been really careful with that. So it's like only occasional use. If he misses a call, like we're like, no big deal. And so he's been like, yeah, okay, that's fine. There's actually, I mean, it's kind of a side topic from this, but there's actually a, an Instagram account. I don't know if you already follow it, but um, I think it's from the same guy that does tanks. Good news. Oh, influencers in the he wild an account. Yes. Oh my god, I'm obsessed yes. with it. It's so good. <laughs> it's really funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. The like, the one did you see the one where the like the wave knocked the woman over and she actually added a like a um she she commented she's like I'm still alive. Like I like that she was making fun of herself. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Oh my god, that's funny. That guy is no, I saw gold one, on like Instagram. the fish tank. Yeah. yeah. Oh he, yeah, he's, he, he was on Ellen. Account. He starts an account, and yeah, I know. Well, talk about you know getting mad. people were people got upset that he was you know using his website and like getting ads and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, how can you be? And he was open about it. I'm like, how can you be upset with the guy for trying to do ads? He's like spending all his time putting together all this content. Yeah. Like, no, I know. Well, it's the same thing we talked do. about. Yeah. So I know yeah, there's that's always yeah. going to be critical people out there. Right. So yeah. you just have to ignore But it. the influencers in the wild, it's, it's really funny because you, because you see people. So for those that don't know the account, you see they, they film other people being filmed for their, you know, for what they want to put up on Instagram or taking pictures or whatever. It's hilarious. It's really, anyway. <laughs> really, really funny. It's good. Yes, it's I love it. It's not the point of today's episode. No, let's talk but... <laughs> about the point of today's episode. Yeah. <laughs> so as I mentioned, we are talking with Natasha Nichols. Um, and I wanted to talk to Natasha because for I've known Natasha for a long time and she's a blogger and she um, has does a lot of different things. But I watched her grow and start this nonprofit. And I have a lot of people that I talk to who are interested in starting a nonprofit, but they're a bit terrified because it feels really overwhelming. So I thought it might be interesting to just talk with somebody who hadn't had experience with nonprofits in the past 
about her experiences, what she's learned. It was it's a really cool interview. I really enjoyed it. Natasha is wicked smart. Um, she's very honest. And I think it will give you um, some good insight about starting a nonprofit and some of the things that she's been through personally in doing so. So let me tell you a little bit more about Natasha and her nonprofit. Her nonprofit's called the We So We Grow Project, and it began as a small community garden plot in West Pullman, Chicago in 2016. Natasha's the executive director, and she started to share the progression photos of the project. So lots of questions were asked, and then a gardening movement was born, all from the desire to no longer see empty plots of land on the city's south side. While the urban farm focuses on supporting those in the community, the larger online community is stemmed in creating gardeners in all walks of life. She's looking forward to expanding their offerings and collaborating with agricultural enthusiasts everywhere. And now on to the interview. I am so excited today. I am joined by a very special guest. Her name is Natasha Nichols, and she is the executive director of the We Sow, We Grow Project, a nonprofit that I've been following, I think, since its inception, since you started talking about it. So welcome to the show, Natasha. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. I am thrilled that you were able to find the time to do this. I know you are very busy running this nonprofit and all the other things that you do. Um, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the We Sow, We Grow project? Where do I start? Okay. <laughs> um, I am a native of Chicago, born and bred. Um, and I, I say that with much pride um, that I am a Chicagoan. I'm not a suburbanite. No offense to the suburbanites at all. Uh, but this is a city that I was born and raised in, and I harbor a deep love for it. My husband and I moved to the south side of the city um, several years ago, and we noticed that uh, there was um, a multitude of empty plots all over. And these are plots that could house several you know, buildings. And in an area of the city that isn't really being uh, funded, as well as the ones where a lot of tourists go. And coming from where I used to live, where it was uh, very neighborly and everybody knew everybody and we looked out for each other. It was it was kind of sad for me to come over here and realize that we had the potential because it's it's a, a super walkable neighborhood. People were always either walking or biking and no one ever spoke. And it's it's uh, quite ironic, my husband will say. I am an extrovert, but when I am uh, focused on something, I can tend to look very antisocial. And when I'm working on the farm, I tend to not have that that super, hey, come over here and join us. But that is exactly what I want people to do. And that's the reason that we started the farm in the first place. And it, it started as a community garden at the inception. And we had to move to an urban farm because uh, that model just didn't work out for us. So then uh, from the Union Avenue community garden came the We So We Grow initiative and then the We So We Grow project. Because we're not only sowing and growing in the city of Chicago, but all over uh, the world, um, which is where we kind of focus on. We, we want to help everybody become the best uh, gardener or farmer or houseplant lady or man 
that they that they can be. And um, I just I, I enjoy talking uh, gardening a lot, and I need it to have a space and place to do that without boring people. I love that. So I I I think I have an, a perception of what urban farming is, but I'd love you to explain a little bit more about what that means. I also live in an urban area, and it's kind of perking my interest for where I live because we don't have enough of that. Well, I think when people when people think of farming, they think of rural areas, right? Um, corn, uh, soybeans. Um, what else do wheat? Uh, things like that. But in, in the urban um, venue, uh, folks don't think of it. Um, New York is considered a concrete jungle, correct? And But people are, are, are farming there and they're taking spaces back um, and making them into uh, gardens or, or larger farms or smaller farms, whatever way you're looking at it. Uh, because that space is an eyesore if nothing's happening on it. And that's that's all it is. It's just uh, farming in urban areas um, and changing up the area with with food or, you know, flowers or whatever, whatever you happen to be growing. And I think there is a separation between um, rural farmers and urban farmers because one tends to think sometimes that they know about uh, more than the other. And that may be true, but all in all, we're all farmers and we're all doing the best to grow food that people can eat. I love that. So how did you know you wanted to take it from an initiative to actually formally incorporating and seeking 501c3 status? When I started dreaming about it. Ah, I love um, that. When all of this stuff started infiltrating my dreams, I realized that it was something that I needed to focus on a little bit more because it it was just kind of a fun project to start and a way to connect with people in the neighborhood. And then it just, oh, it invaded every single aspect of, <laughs> of my slumber. And, and, uh, you know, I could see myself dressed like in all the farmer gear and, you know, riding on a tractor, which I cannot on the space that we have. Uh, it's too small, but things like that, um, started coming about. And, uh, when more people started contacting me to help them with their gardening problems, I realized that it also needed to branch out further than just Chicago and the corner uh, of the street that it's on right at the moment. That's I love that's inspiring to me. I love that. That's how you sort of it's hard to quantify sometimes when you think to yourself like this was the moment I made this decision and I like how you quantify it because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people who get called to something which it sounds like you were um it it invades your sleep <laughs> it just it, it invades everything and that's a really I love that I think that's fantastic so what did that process look like for you uh I presume this was the first nonprofit you'd ever created? I don't, I don't want to assume that. Is this the first nonprofit you ever created? Your assumption's correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's correct. Uh, this is. And it, it looked a lot like floundering um, for me. Uh, I had absolutely no um, experience in the nonprofit arena at all. And it also looked like a lot of crying um, and a lot of frustration and a lot of what the heck am I doing and why am I doing this? And I shouldn't be doing this. I should leave it to somebody else more experienced. And I have to say that my 
family, uh, specifically my husband and my brother, uh, are the ones that pushed me to do uh, more with it. And, you know, when I was scared to start raising money, they were the ones telling me, well, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. And uh, uh, my husband was also very specific in saying, our checking account <laughs> cannot handle <laughs> everything you want to do. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to find some other source of income. And, you know, I'm I'm with you every single step of the way, but you also have to realize that we have a family that we need to support. So while you can do this, and I don't want you to stop, um, you cannot bankrupt us. And that's what that looked like. And tending to my type A personality and realizing that I had to ask other people for help. It is very, very difficult for me to ask for help because I am of the frame of mind that I can learn it all on my, on my own and I can do it on my own. And having to ask for help takes a certain level of humility and um, I'm probably not the best with that, but I'm learning and I'm getting better with it. So I'm proud to say that much. That's wonderful. I mean, that challenge and support from loved ones is key. <laughs> it's not just undying support, but it's also like, yeah, but you're going to need to think about X, Y, and Z because they're the most honest with us, I find. They are very much so. And and my husband's probably way more honest with me than I than I like. Um <laughs> He outside of my own family, uh, he's known me since I was 13. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah. So there's a there's a certain way that he can speak to me where even if I do get upset with him, which I tend to, uh, he's not phased by it like other people would be. And he does not get offended like other people would. Uh, and he allows me to kind of stew in whatever um, frustrations I may have, because it 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 has to look a certain way. Um, and it looks a certain way in my head. And and he's told me, I can see your brain working. And and I know that, you know, this is something that you need to kind of um, flesh out. Let me help you. And that's, you know, that's what we try to do. That's a beautiful partnership. I yes, love it is. That. He's awesome. That I is awesome. I do see your <laughs> posts about him. Natasha and I um, are friends online um, and have met in person many times. And um and I love watching your posts about your family and your husband. They're really, they're really beautiful. Um, and your oh, relationship you're talking is about lovely. The flirty. Yeah, I Those love flirty. it. I flirty. love it. They're wonderful. <laughs> they really are. I think it's great. Not enough people really talk about that much love. And it, it just always, honestly, between that and the really great jokes that you post, <laughs> I'm always <laughs> laughing. Natasha posts these jokes. My kids and I are in just in love with them. So total side note from the nonprofit talk, but <laughs> they are so horrible they're but they, so they good provide, they're so they provide good. a good laugh <laughs> i love them i love them so we talked about asking for help which is key um i'm i'm very similar to you i have a very hard time asking for help it is something i challenge myself on frequently what was the first what was the first ask for help and who who'd you ask oh that is um because this goes back a couple of years my my very first ask for help was uh, for raising money, um, and we went with a platform um, even before we became a nonprofit. So, and it's a platform that most people uh, kind of groan about, and you know that's GoFundMe. And I didn't know what I was doing when I set it up, so I, I had someone uh, walk me through that. But the first large ask that I had was having someone help me set up my LLC. Um, or 
not the LLC, I'm sorry, uh, the nonprofit status. And I thought about it too much, like we tend to do. And it ended up being a 45 minute conversation and, you know, um, something that they had done for many other people. And I should have asked them probably a year before, (laughs) before I did. Um, and, and also noting that it costs a lot less than, than I thought it did because I was looking in the wrong, wrong places. So that was the big ask that I had was actually setting up the nonprofit. And it's critical that you set it up correctly. Uh, otherwise, you can have problems. So definitely finding an expert who knows about nonprofit status, whether it be an attorney or an accountant, um, to give you that little bit of help. And I'll say as an attorney, I help nonprofits all the time, because um, I love to. So a lot of attorneys or and accountants are happy to donate their time. Um, hop on a call with someone who's running a nonprofit for an hour just to give a little bit of extra. Um, so you never know if, unless you ask, right? That is correct. Yeah. So let's talk about fundraising. And that's something I think a lot of nonprofits, you know, think about when, because I, I definitely talk to a lot of people who have big ideas for nonprofits and then sort of back away because they're a little bit terrified <laughs> about what it means. What are some of the avenues that you use for fundraising? Um, GoFundMe was one, and we stopped that one because it was um, it was too much getting people to go off of the platforms that they are always on to another one. Uh, so then we um, started with Facebook fundraising, and that one um, tends to be a lot easier to drive people to. Uh, and then we set up a fundraising account with um, PayPal as well. So uh, depending on what you want to do um, or what you're comfortable with. Those are uh, the three avenues. And I also had to realize that one platform was not enough for fundraising. I couldn't just rely on one one platform. And, you know, when we're talking about money, um, for some reason, I think we tend to think or count other people's money for them uh, and say what they can and can't afford. And some of the people who I assumed would not support in uh, a massive way have been some of our best donors. And uh, I also assumed that people would donate once and never, ever donate again. And that's not the case. And uh, at one point in time last year, I think we did a, a fundraiser and I just needed money to get renderings drawn up to present to the city uh, for what we planned on having the farm look like. And we needed $750. That was it. And that was what my fundraiser was for. And instead of raising 750, we ended up raising 600, uh, 6,000. I ended up in tears because, you know, it was just, it was that simple ask turned into this big, huge thing. I was going to stop the fundraiser also at the 750. And one of my friends who's very experienced told me I better not. <laughs> and and that she would she would drive from Florida to to kind of chew me out if she needed to. Um so I'm I'm grateful that I have those people who believe in me even when I tend to not think past a certain goal and and they continue uh supporting and encouraging me to do so. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's you've definitely described a lot of, you know, people in your court in order to do this and I think that's so critical on any journey, particularly one when you're creating a nonprofit. Uh you definitely need all the help you can get. Yes. Absolutely. Have you done any grant writing or looked in that direction yet? Oh, god. Um <laughs> 
grant writing reminds me so much of college. Yes and no. I'm not um, the best grant writer. So that was another thing that I had to outsource. I can tell you and speak to you about what the farm is and what the We Sell, We Grow project is. The moment you tell me to write it down on paper, I revert back to, you know, um, kindergarten and being like, what? What is this? Why, why are we doing papers? You know, life is just about playing in the dirt right now. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a place where I do not um, have much self-confidence at the, at the moment. Um, and I'm okay with that. You know, uh, everybody can't be great at everything. I am great at selling it person to person. Um, my strong point is not doing the the writing and getting everything to sound perfect and um, present. Uh, now, if I have that grant and I read over it and then kind of know if we do have to have a conversation with someone, I can I can go ahead and you know combine the greatness of the grant writing with the greatness of me just coming off you know, the cuff and, and present it that way. Um, so we've, we've partnered with, uh, women unite, um, which is a nonprofit, uh, service that, uh, supports women, um, nonprofits in Chicago. And they're helping out a lot with that. And they're, they're also helping me get over, uh, wording for, for money, of course. So, yeah, uh, we have depended on grants. We've gotten a couple, we've gotten one from Microsoft, um, and we've gotten one from Habitat for Humanity um, and Change.org.x. We've we've received one from. So we're looking um, and realizing that that is also just a, a repetitive cycle. You don't you don't just apply for a grant and then you're done with it. You're always grant writing uh, when it's nonprofit. That's great advice. I love that. I I talk about that just in my business in general that I'm good at like three things and I had to find um, all the people to help me with all the things I'm not great at because you can't be great at everything as much as we want to be. <laughs> um, sometimes it's best to play to your strengths and surround yourself with people who can help you out with the stuff that doesn't come naturally. Um, and I think that's and grant writing is an art. Uh, it definitely is. It, there's really it takes a lot of practice. Um, having been involved with other nonprofits, I've I've seen it, and it is definitely something I cannot do. <laughs> so the people who can, I have so much respect for. And the ones who do it like super well, yeah. and you you sit and you're just like, what is going on in your brain that it's you amazing. can you can put all of these words together, and it perfectly describes the mission and the purpose of this nonprofit. But then you did it for that one over there, which is totally not doing anything close to what we're doing right now. So yes, yeah. it's, it's a gift for sure. I, I totally agree with that. So what are your goals now for the next year or so, or even the next five years uh, for for the We So We Grow project? We want to take over the world. No, yes. um. <laughs> that's a goal. I love that. Uh, um, we do want to um, start affiliate sites and by affiliate sites, we don't mean like we're getting paid for anything uh, uh, or we're paying anyone to do anything. We just want sites that are inspired by the We So We Grow project to happen um, first throughout Chicago and then maybe through Illinois. Uh, and then we kind of want to spread the love all over because if you're growing food and you're feeding the world, um, there's no room for, you know, uh, a lot of the 
um, acidic and vitriolic uh, uh, stuff that's that's going around. Um, we want people to be happy and food makes people happy, you know, and and knowing where your food comes from makes people want to be happy. So short term goal uh, for this year is to get our new site um, dug out and and set up. Uh, we need to build a coop for the chickens that we have that are currently have currently taken over my backyard um, and eaten every single piece of grass that we have back there. It's yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure my neighbors are just ecstatic um, with the way that my backyard looks <laughs> <laughs> from their window. Uh, it's, it's probably, you know, they're, they're probably very happy to see the mud pit back there, but the chickens are, you know, the chickens are happy. The girls are happy. So, um, and our dog is especially happy to see, all of the mud that he can run through and then track back through the house. Um, but that, that is our, our first large goal is to get the, the new site set up because we've been given uh, the go ahead, the green light from the city of Chicago to start building on our dedicated land. Gosh, um, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. That was, that's huge. That was, uh, yeah. That was a large source of um, stress for me for the last two years. Uh, and, and that was also a large source of all of the crying that I did, uh, the last two years because dealing in within, with an urban, you know, uh, arena, uh, there's so much red tape and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of red tape, you know, rurally, but there is so much red tape, um, in a city as large as Chicago, uh, being able to use land that nobody else is using and, uh, that looks like. Uh, well, that's basically an eyesore and that will bring some sort of value to the community. So, um, you know, in your head, you're like, no, this will work guys. Come on. I'm taking it off your hands. You don't have to do the upkeep any longer, you know, and then I'm providing a service as well. Just say yes. Uh, and it doesn't work that way. It's not, it's not as well as my children tend to, <laughs> to make things, <laughs> tend to make things. So I, just say yes. City politics is no joke. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is unbelievable how difficult a city can make things that are so logical. Uh, yes, I've definitely experienced that. That is exciting. Congratulations. Um, that sounds like a lot of hard work went into that. Um, and it must feel so good to have that behind you. It, it is. It is a very good feeling. And, and that's a big check mark off of our list, too. So that was great. I love it. So what words of advice do you have for listeners who may be thinking about creating a nonprofit? Oh, gosh. Um, your village needs to be filled with people who are both cheerleaders and um, come to Jesus talkers. Uh, they 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 need to not just be friends at all. They need to be people who um, have some experience in all of the arenas that you're going to have to deal with. So, you know, that's grant writing. That is um, law, <laughs> because, you know, if you're not a lawyer, you don't know what is legal and not. Um, you need a webmaster, especially if you're going to be doing things like fundraising. And we all know that the Internet is the way that you get connected to people. Um, you need someone who is good with people in general and um, to realize as an executive director that you cannot do everything. Um, and you, you have to learn to relinquish certain things and to delegate very well um, and to know when to just kind of, you know, hand it off to someone else because um, they'll do a better job 
at it than you will. And that's a hard lesson to learn too. You may have the vision and everything, but someone may be much better at executing that vision for you than you, you ever would be. That is excellent advice. I think that advice applies across the board, but particularly in the nonprofit world, I think that is, that is some really great advice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. I was very excited um, to tell our listeners all about your very cool nonprofit that I've been watching. And I'd love for you to be able to tell everyone where they can find you, find out more and donate. Oh, I'm all over the place. So our static space is we sow, S-O-W, we grow, dot org. And that just gives you a general background of the work that we're doing. However, all of the behind the scenes um, things happen at uh, on Instagram at We Sow We Grow. Um, you can see <laughs> photos of our chickens. I don't know if you're a chicken person. You can see photos of our chickens and you can donate on Facebook um, at, at the We Sow We Grow page as well. Um, all of that information is connected there. And the great thing is you can become a monthly donor. You can set up monthly donations. So we have that um, opportunity and, and uh, aspects set up for people. So if you want to be, you know, a secret donor, and we have a couple of those. So I get I get uh, monthly love notes uh, from, and I have no idea who it is from. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> who it's from. They're an anonymous donor, but they send us a monthly donation. And I appreciate it so much because... Um, People all over believe in us. And, and that's a good feeling. That is great. We'll drop all those links in the show notes too. So it's easy for everyone to find you. Thank you again for coming on. It was good to chat with you. And I think I'm going to see you in a couple months at Mom 2.0. You will. Yay. I am. I think I'm, I'm speaking. I, I don't know. Awesome. My well, life is hectic. I am excited to see you there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. Have a great day. And uh, thank you. Thank you. That was so great. I can already think of so many people I want to share that with because it's a big deal starting a nonprofit. It is. There's and, a lot that goes into it. Yeah. There really is. And her journey was really cool to talk about. Um, and I loved hearing her plans. So we're definitely going to drop all the information about Natasha's nonprofit into the show notes. So if you want to donate yeah. or anything, you are welcome to learn more about it. Um, and if we'd love to hear about your experiences with nonprofits in our Facebook group. If you're not already a member, you can find us at the Fearless Business Podcast. It's a group that you can just search in Facebook. And you can also find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And we'd love some reviews. So if you want to check us out, leave some reviews, yeah. let us know what you think. We'd love to hear it. Thanks so much. And we'll leave us some stars. Oh, stars would be good. <laughs> we won't say how many, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just some or a bunch. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. Thanks or so much. A lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or all of the stars, please. Thank you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>
If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.